0: How many times have you said out loud or to yourself, I know this is wrong, but, and then you went out and did the very thing that you knew was the wrong thing. Am I the only one who's guilty of that? Why do we all just do this? I want you to imagine something for a moment. What if just knowing things is all that it took to make a difference in your life? What if just believing that something was true instantly made it happen? Here's what I mean. What if all of the stuff that you believed about good health and good eating habits and taking care of your body was all it took to make you healthy? We'd all be in perfect physical shape, right? How about our money? Everybody knows that to be financially successful and secure, you have to spend less than you make. You have to save money for the future. You can't spend money that you don't have and go into deep debt. What if? Just knowing what to do with your money made you financially successful. Or how about parenting? We all know as parents that our kids need unconditional love. They need our time and they need our attention. We know that if you spend more time and energy building a career than you do building into your children, then your children will suffer. We know that it hurts our kids when we're short-tempered and angry. What if just knowing all those things made you the perfect parent? That would be amazing, right? But that's not how the world actually works. Let's be honest, for the most part, all of us know what we need to know. All of us believe the things that we need to believe, but none of that makes any difference. Believing that you should eat right and exercise has not made you healthy. Knowing about how money works has not brought you financial peace neither belief or knowledge has done one practical thing to change your life or your behaviors. And we're all guilty of this. I know I am. I know this is the right thing to do and I know this is a better decision to make, but see, no one ever reaches the point where they've learned enough or believed enough of the right things to just sit back and coast the rest of the way through life because beliefs will not change you. but There is a hope of change in our lives, and here at Community Christian Anywhere, we believe that the hope for all of our lives is found in following Jesus. Now, that may sound too simple or naive for a modern, complex world, but We have found real life change is possible when we follow the life Jesus has always had in store for us. And we found it's the best life possible. And even if you're not sure that you believe all we do about Jesus, I want to invite you to stick around through this video because what we're going to be discovering together is that belief by itself doesn't change us. It's what we do that makes a difference in our lives. And the central do for Jesus was all about learning to love everyone always, just as He has loved us. And we believe that this life is possible for you, no matter who you are or what you believe about Jesus. Because no matter what you think about God, we believe He can't stop thinking about you. He is for you and only has good in mind for your life. And we want to help you find all that God has in store for you. Hi, my name is Heidi and welcome to Community Christian Anywhere.
1: Now, the one person who knew best that what you do affects your life more than what you believe was Jesus. Because if you read the accounts of Jesus' life and what he taught, you'll find that his primary invitation to people was not to believe more stuff or to gain more knowledge. And I know that may be a bit surprising to some of you because maybe you've heard that being a Christian is just mainly about what you believe, and I understand that. I grew up going to church, and it seemed to me that every Sunday, the primary goal that the preacher had was to get us all to believe things, and I got the impression that if I could just get all the right information inside my head and believe all the stuff that I read in the Bible, well, that'd make God really happy with me, and I'd get to go to heaven one day. But the more I've come to know about Jesus, the more I've realized that what Jesus was mostly concerned with and what he always invited people to do was to follow him. Jesus spent his entire ministry saying to people, look, there's this new way of living and it's called the kingdom of God, which is life that's eternal and peaceful and joyful and free, a a life where God's presence and power, they're available to you in every moment, and you can have this kind of a life. Just follow me, trust me, watch how I do things. Pattern your life in the very same way, and you'll experience life that is truly life, life in the kingdom of God. But see, what happened over time was the church, Christians, we began to water down this message a little bit. Follow me became believe in me. The emphasis became getting people to believe things and agree with certain positions instead of following Jesus and his way of life. And listen, I kinda get why that happens. It's because believe in me, it's a lot less challenging than follow me. Believing something, it takes almost no effort. And beliefs, they're also really hard to see in other people. See, if I tell you I believe something, you kind of just have to take me at my word. (laughs) Believe in me, it's an invitation and it doesn't require much more than just some words or some thoughts. It leaves you right where you are. There's no change required to simply believe something. So I can understand why this shift took place. It's a lot easier to invite people to change their minds than it is to change their way of life now i want to be really clear about something right here beliefs are important what you believe it's usually the first step in changing your behavior life change almost always starts with a change in beliefs but when jesus showed up and he introduced the kingdom of god to the world he wasn't primarily teaching people to believe a set of right beliefs in order to provide them with the minimal entrance requirements to get into heaven when they die. He was inviting people into a new way to live, a life that was a reflection of their confidence in God. Think about it this way. What would you do if you had full confidence that God was with you in every moment? What words would you say? What actions would you take if you were convinced that Jesus was just right about everything? See, that's the kind of life that Jesus was inviting people into, a day-by-day lifestyle that has at its core a complete and unfiltered trust in Jesus. See, a person who accepts Jesus' invitation to follow me is someone who says, listen, I don't know how to live my life. When I'm in control, I drive myself off into a ditch, so my best hope is to trust that Jesus knows how to live my life. So I'm just relying on Him to guide my thoughts, my decisions, my desires, and my affections. See everywhere Jesus went, He would describe this Kingdom of God life through words and through actions as He would invite people to follow Him. And and we have some of this teaching collected for us in a couple of the biographies of Jesus' life found in the Bible. Many people call this teaching of Jesus the Sermon on the Mount, because it was given while Jesus was preaching on the side of a mountain. But most likely, these are just the kind of things that Jesus said almost everywhere he went. Think of it as kind of Jesus' go-to sermon. It was the heart of everything he taught. And even if you're not familiar with the Bible, you're probably familiar with many of the things that Jesus teaches in this sermon. Things like, treat other people the way you want to be treated. Love your neighbor, but even beyond that, love your enemies. When someone hurts you, don't respond with violence or vengeance, turn the other cheek. Jesus even teaches his followers how to pray with that famous model prayer. you know, We now call it the Lord's Prayer. Jesus says in this sermon, be careful about making snap judgments about people. Make sure to not be so hypocritical. And don't worry so much about your everyday life. See, God's with you. He's taking care of you. Now, I could go on and on and on, but you get the idea. But at the very end of this core teaching that Jesus gives about life and the kingdom of God, he ends it with, one final statement or one final application. Jesus says this, anyone who listens to my teaching and blanks it, it's a wise person. They're like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. Now, I guess you noticed I left out a word. I did that on purpose. We're gonna come back to that in just a minute. But what Jesus here is describing is, it's obviously not a lesson on house building. He's talking about life building. In other words, everybody builds a life. You're building a life, so am I. And the issue is, am I building my life on a foundation that can withstand the stresses and storms that my life will inevitably bring my way? And Jesus's answer to that question is, yeah. There is a way to do that. There is a way to build your life on a foundation that's strong enough to withstand whatever comes your way. And he tells us in the very first sentence, the first step is to listen to my teaching. And the way most people see Christianity is, they fill in that blank with the word, believe. If you just believe, then you'll be fine. But that's not what Jesus said at all. He wasn't just looking believers. Jesus said, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. See, Jesus is looking for followers. In in fact, in some Bible versions of that verse, the phrase is translated, whoever listens to my teaching and puts it into practice. See, it's like we said at the very beginning, if believing the right things was all it took to make a difference in your life, We'd all be fine, right? It's not believing that ultimately matters. It's what you do with those beliefs that makes all the difference. In fact, Jesus says that just believing can be deceiving because he follows up this statement with the flip side of the whole equation. Jesus says this, but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it, they're foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. I need to make an important distinction here about what Jesus is saying and what he did not say. See, a lot of people will try to sell you on a version of Christianity that goes something like this. If you put your faith in Jesus, if you follow him, you'll live a storm-free life. Bad things won't happen to you. Your life can be smooth sailing, successful, and easy. If you put your faith in Jesus, I want you to notice that is not at all what Jesus said. See, a person who follows Jesus can and probably will have the same experiences as someone who doesn't follow Jesus. Notice Jesus describes the storms in both of those lives in exactly the same way. Following Jesus will not necessarily help you escape the storms. What it will do, the difference that it does make, is the state of your life after the storm the condition of your life in the midst of the storm. That's the difference. Basing your life on the teachings of Jesus, putting them into practice will allow you to build a life that is strong enough, resilient enough to stand. But a life that simply hears about the life Jesus offers and only believes it, but does nothing with it, that's the kind of life that cannot hold up under the pressure of the storms.
0: It wasn't just Jesus who understood this idea about life. Jesus also had a little brother whose name was James. James grew up pretty skeptical about his brother. He wasn't sure that Jesus was who he claimed to be when he made himself equal with God. That is, of course, until James saw his brother die on a cross and then rise from the grave. It turned James's life upside down and he realized that his brother was actually his Lord. And James spent the rest of his life spreading the message of Jesus. And we have some of James's words recorded in our Bible. And he echoes what his big brother Jesus said. James writes, don't just listen to God's words. You must do what they say. Otherwise, you're fooling yourselves. Sounds familiar, right? And then when James gives one of my all time favorite illustrations, it's actually pretty funny because It's so ridiculous. I call it the mirror illustration. He writes, for if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. Now, just think about this for a moment. Think about the last time that you got ready to go to work or to school or out to dinner or on a date. I'm guessing that you spent some time in front of the mirror, right? Now, imagine looking at yourself in the mirror and seeing that you need to do some work. You need to fix your hair, you need to wash your face, you need some makeup and a change of clothes. But then the moment that you turn away from the mirror, you forget or you just ignore it and just walk right out the door. How many times have you done that? I'm guessing not many, probably never. In fact, I know exactly how long you stayed in front of the mirror, as long as it took. You looked at the mirror and you made changes until you were satisfied enough to leave. You could never dream of just looking and ignoring or looking and forgetting. This is the point that James is making. It's the most ridiculous, foolish thing in the world for someone to listen to the teachings of Jesus and to even agree with them and believe that they're true and then walk away and do nothing with them. It makes the listening and the believing pointless because it's not believing that makes the difference. If it were, we'd all have it made. It's doing it. It's putting it into practice that actually brings about change. And then James finishes up his thought with this last statement that I think is just so powerful. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you've heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Can I just offer one quick side note about something in the last verse? Did you notice how James describes the laws or the ways of God, the teachings and ways of Jesus? He says that they set us free. Can I just suggest to you that if you've ever tried to live a version of the Christian life that didn't ultimately bring you freedom, then maybe it wasn't actually Jesus you were following. If the version of Christianity that's been presented or described to you is one that brings you less freedom, you don't have the version that Jesus had in mind. Jesus says clearly, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. If you follow me, you will find rest for your souls. The way of Jesus is not about limiting your freedom. It is the way to freedom. And if that hasn't been your experience, then I would love to invite you to try again or maybe discover for the very first time that the life of following Jesus is a life that will set you free. But it only comes when you stop just believing and you take Jesus at His word. When you don't just believe that what He taught are some good principles to live by, but when you actually trust Jesus to know better than you how to live your life And then you just do what he said to do.
1: Here's what I've noticed about people who believe, but don't do. When the storms of life come and they always come, they typically respond in one of two ways. They either blame God for what's happening to them, or they assume there is no God and they just abandon their faith altogether. And the reason's pretty simple. A believe-only faith? It's based on the idea that all I have to do is get all the right beliefs in place and everything will be fine in my life. And when the deal doesn't work out, then it's either God's fault for not coming through on His end of the bargain, or He was just never there to begin with. See, that kind of faith is a faith that's fragile and weak. It's not based on anything solid but a faith that has taken Jesus at his word, that's a person who's experienced the power of God in their life. So when a storm comes, there's no question about the love or the presence the power of God, because you've seen it, you've experienced it. And instead of abandoning it, you lean in. You trust the one who's been guiding you through this life all along, and you experience his power and his presence once again and your faith gets stronger in the storm instead of collapsing on the sand. I mean, think about it. Aren't there some people that you know? People you've watched go through life and they seem to have this strong, resilient faith. A person that when you see their strength and how they respond to the storms of life, you're just so impressed. And you say things to yourself like, oh wow, I wish I had a faith like that. I wish i could respond that way i I wish i had their perspective i wish i had their confidence i wish i had that kind of peace you know people like that don't you but let me let you in on a little secret that kind of faith the kind that withstands the storms it does not come by simply believing more things that faith it doesn't come by hearing more sermons or going to more church services that kind of faith that you are impressed by, it only comes from a person who spent time practicing the teachings of Jesus in their own life. It comes from a person who has trusted God in the simple mundane moments of life and they have seen just how present and powerful He is to guide and direct their steps every single day. That faith comes from a person who has allowed their faith to meet God's faithfulness in real life situations and they have experienced God in their life. See, what you're seeing in them as they weather life storms, it's nothing new for them. See, when you live daily in the kingdom of God, His power and presence, they don't change for you just because your circumstances might change. You become this person who doesn't believe in God. You know God, and when you know Him, your life is built on a foundation that never moves. That's where great faith comes from. See, faith is like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. But if you don't use it, it shrinks, it atrophies, it dies. So if I just had one message for you today, it would be this. And this is something you probably never thought you'd hear a preacher say. Stop just believing. Belief is fine, but remember, Believing makes no difference if your beliefs are never applied. See, there are a lot of believers in this world, and they do not know God because they have never experienced Him in their real life. But those who choose to follow Jesus, to trust Him, to put His words into action, they're the ones who know God because they see Him work every day. They know that God can be trusted because they've actually trusted Him. So I challenge you, I dare you. Take Jesus seriously and trust Him with your life. Do what He says. In fact, even if you're not sure you believe, you can follow Jesus' way of life right now. Test it out. And over time, see if it isn't a better way to do life. And here at Community Christian Anywhere, we want to help you do that. Because here's another little secret about following Jesus. It's designed to be a team sport. See, you weren't meant to follow Jesus alone. In fact, I once heard someone say it this way, faith is personal, but it can never be private. Loving everyone always, which is Jesus' central command, is impossible if you don't have relationships around you to put it into practice. You need a community where you can know and be known. Love and be loved. Celebrate and be celebrated. You need a community where even when you hurt, mourn, and struggle in the middle of life storms, you can be held up and supported with your feet on a solid foundation. That's how I've chosen to live. And I'm telling you, it makes all the difference. So right now, if this is something you wanna know more about, or if you just have questions on how to get started, would you text the word CONNECT to the number on the screen? someone from our community will reach out to you and they'll help you take your next step in following Jesus, whatever that might be. But most of all, as you leave today, I hope that you leave knowing no matter what you think about God,
0: He can't stop thinking about you.